His name is Pastor Lyle Anderson, and he is currently the pastor at the Grove Baptist Church in Langley. I've had a chance to get to know Pastor Lyle on a number of different pastor conferences that I have been at, where he's been at, and I have always enjoyed my time with him. He is a man who is full of joy. He has a great sense of humor. He is so full of passion and life. He loves the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, when I was talking to our area minister, Bob Cron, this week, and I told him that Pastor Lyle was speaking, Bob said to me that Lyle is the epitome of what it means to grow old well. And so I'm excited that we have Lyle here to speak with us this morning. And so why don't we put our hands together and give him a warm welcome. On this day, it just so happened that I could. <laughs> Although I like to be there to hear this young man preach. He's really cool. Just graduated from uh, his youth pastor certificate at the Columbia Bible College. He's preaching this morning out at the Grove. By the way, the Grove is located just in the north part of Langley, not far from here. You've got to get over the bridge, though, and then we're out there somewhere. I would invite every one of you to come and bring your music voice. You sing terrific. So, of course, do we. But anyway, also, greetings from my wife, who happens to be in Kamloops this morning. She's at a Native Evangelical uh, conference up there doing um, some, they call it taping, I call it recording, for the Tribal Trails program on television. You know, my, my wife's name is Rita, and she's one of the hostesses on the program, and they're there recording a whole bunch of things, and... I was there yesterday, uh, and Friday, and Thursday. Anyway, uh, privilege to be back home this morning to be here with you. Oh, I should also bring you greetings from uh, the Hilltop Baptist Church in Manitoba, where we were before we came here, and uh, the Fort George Baptist Church in Prince George, where we were before that, and the Zion Baptist Church in Terrace, where we were before that, along with Stuart Gospel Chapel, where we were before that, in the Dawson City, Yukon, Community Chapel, where we were before that. Oh, and the Evangelical Free Church in Lac Libre, Alberta, and I'll stop there. Uh, God has led us in fantastic ways. We can't believe it. See, I didn't start out as a pastor, although I tried, but I wasn't ready. So the Lord detoured us from our engineering career and uh, got us out in doing communications in telecommunications for a number of years. Fifteen years, actually, is what it took to get me sorted out. And then back to Bible college. And in 1976, we were still going to school, started pastoring. I remember when the Lord got me by the ear and shook me up and said, now that's enough of this, you know, it's time. <laughs> and I remember on my knees in a hotel room for a whole week, sobbing, asking forgiveness, sorry, how I've messed up, and I asked him, please, could you give me 20 years of ministry? Hmm. If you do the math <laughs> between 1976 and now, you'll discover that that's like 40, it's incredible. Anyway, uh, God just is so pleased to double Anything you ask for, <laughs> it's the coolest thing. So here we are. 
By this time in our life, I anticipated that we would be changing light bulbs in a Bible camp, and uh, I'm capable of doing that still, and uh, no, God has seen fit not to let us retire. I haven't found that word anywhere in the Scripture yet, so not going there. Neither have I found the perfect church. We're still looking, but we've uh, been pastor of some of the best churches that there are. I remember the first time I came here, and I walked in, and I'm looking around, and we're in Stewart at the time, and we're down here for a conference, and the first thing that caught my eye was your baptismal up here. Wow! I thought, that is absolutely fabulous. I'd love to be here for a baptismal some Sunday. Great. And then your pastor was uh, Dr. Lyle somebody. (laughs) Yeah. Somebody's last name is Shrig, and he was here, and because he knew my name was Lyle, he thought that was real cool, and uh, the two of us have the same first name, spelled the same, and so I've been akin to him for some time, a number of years now. Anyway, uh, it's a real privilege to be here this morning. The Lord has blessed my wife and I with five children, four by natural birth and one adopted, 16 grandchildren at this time waiting for our sixth great-grandchild to be born in the first week of July sometime. And we're just amazed at how the Lord has blessed us and our family over all these years. Well, uh, Pastor Steph was gracious in his invitation to say, Pastor Lyle, I'm starting a series in John. And I'll be speaking on the first five verses, and then it's uh, April the 30th, and if you like, you could pick that up if you want, or you could preach something that's on your heart, whatever. And I decided that how could I let by a passage like John chapter 1, 6 to 13, escape me. I wanted this. I wanted to explore it and see what we could do with it. And the key phrase to me in this, as I read this through and studied it, is, a man sent from God. And uh, the theme that we're going to look at this morning is that God sends the right man at the right time with just the right word for the right purpose. And that's not only in the Scripture, but I believe throughout history. And history has a way of showing that. First of all, in the Old Testament... There are just countless men that God sent for a specific time in a specific place for a specific purpose. And I picked Moses. Remember Moses, that great man who for 40 years lived in the king's palace and ate the king's food and learned of the king's scholars and was a prince in the country. And then for the next 40 years of his life, he he ran from that and he tended sheep on the backside of a mountain for 40 years until one day there was a burning bush that didn't burn up. Amusing. Spectacular. Oh, by the way, I learned a word when I was in Brazil for a number of years. And uh, you know what that special word is? Spectacular! I think that's what Moses thought and said when he saw the bush that wouldn't burn, that was burning. And he went over and God said, take off your sandals for the place you stand is holy ground. 
and he commissioned him to go lead the children of Israel out of Egypt for the next 40 years. An incredible man sent by God. Oh, and, and then in the New Testament, I picked Paul on the Damascus Road. God smote him down and called him into ministry. He became one of the great apostles, the least of the apostles he claims, but one who wrote for us the words of God in our scripture. Fabulous. In the United States, it was formed together in 1776, and George Washington became the first president of the United States. I picked him. Well, I could have picked several others as well. You know, I could have picked Trump, but I, did, I thought I'd lose you all if I did that, but I didn't. So, y'all, y'all hang on now, don't you leave. God picks the right guy at the right time with the right words. And I'm going, God, you are so far ahead of any of us in all of this. It's amazing. In Canada, July the 1st, 1867, George, or John E. MacDonald became the first prime minister here in Canada. In England, the man of the hour was Sir Winston Churchill. Remember the great war and Sir Winston Churchill came along just at the right time, just with the right words, with just the right purpose to bring together the Allies as they fought World War II. Fantastic how God leads and brings men of the hour. Oh, one of the fascinating stories to me in history is, do you know that a good CEO can, can save a failing company? Uh, Chrysler, in 1978, hired a guy named Lee Aikoka, and uh, the company was going under. Now, now, I want you to be honest this morning, all of you, including you up at the balcony here, all of you. How many of you drive a Chrysler of some kind? Let me see. Don't be ashamed. It's okay. Just, nobody? I know you're lying to me because I saw, I, I was in the parking lot and I saw Chrysler products drive in here. And I saw you get out. Who drives a Chrysler product? Dodge, Plymouth, K-car, caravan, but nobody? You did, there we got, we got some proud people. I have one. The, the little car that I drive was a PT Cruiser. <laughs> Love it. Anyway, I'm, I'm not driving that this morning. I was ashamed to bring, no, I'm not. But, but you know, back in 1978, Chrysler was failing and it was going to go under, for sure. And they hired this guy who sold off some interests then approached the government, the federal government of the United States for some money to bail out their, com their company. In 1979, he applied, and early in 1980, he was given $1.5 billion loan guarantees from the federal government of the U.S. Treasury. Can you believe the nerve of the guy? Unreal. I'm afraid to go to my dad and ask him for a little loan. <laughs> he goes to the government and he gets $1.5 billion. And they developed the K car. Okay, I'm going to ask the question. How many of you remember the K car? Look at that. Lots of you, yeah. And uh, the caravan. The caravan. Lots of you. Those two vehicles came along, and 
$1.5 billion from the Federal Reserve in, in loan guarantees in the United States, and they rebuilt the Chrysler Corporation. Now they make them, and they're competing, you know, and everybody loves them, right? No, because there's a lot of you ashamed that you came in a Chrysler. Why is that? I can't hardly believe that. It's fabulous vehicles, unreal. I, I remember my dad had one. And at the time, I was, uh, hmm, let's see, I was 10 years old, and, and there was nothing like a Dodge. Boy, that Dodge could do everything. And I got in several fights with friends in school because they didn't drive Dodges, and my dad did, and they kind of made fun of me. Ah, anyway. Before us this morning, in John chapter 1, is a story of just the right man at just the right time with just the right words for just the right purpose. A man sent from God, whose name was John. I'm going to read this morning John chapter 1, verses 6 to 8. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light. That light that you've read and heard about in the first five verses. So that through him all might believe, he himself was not that light. He came only as a witness to the light. This is John the Baptist. I want to read to you this morning. It's not going to be on the screen, I hope. Don't put it up there. If you've got it somewhere, don't, don't do this. I want you to listen. I don't want you to be reading. I just want you to listen. This is how it happened that John the Baptist came along at just the right time. Listen, in the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Ajibah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. Uh, but they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive. And they were both very old. Once when Elizabeth or when Zechariah's division was on duty, and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. There's your first clue. And you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you. Many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the sight of the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the Lord, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man, and my wife is well beyond years. 
The angel said to him, I am Gabriel, I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. Now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. And when he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. And when his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this to me and for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. John the Baptist, a forerunner of Jesus Christ. His manly description is found in Matthew chapter 3 in the first six verses there. Listen to what it says about John. This is what he grows grows into. Uh, Little is known of his childhood, just as little is known of Jesus' childhood. Uh, But here is the man that John became. Matthew chapter 3. In those days, John the Baptist came, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel's hair. He had a leather belt round his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of Jordan, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John the Baptist, one chosen man who came just at the right time, just at the right place for just the right purpose. He was a man on mission, on mission to proclaim the mystery of the light that was shining in darkness. I remember once speaking on light and darkness in a little church in Alberta, in the northern part of Alberta, a gathering of native people in the church, fabulous little church. And so I decided to do something. I brought a shoebox along. And I was telling the people it was nighttime, and about 8 o'clock or so, I guess, by then, maybe 9, maybe 10, maybe 11. Have you ever been to a native church service? They don't, they're not mindful of the time. I remember being in one in Manitoba, in the northern part of Manitoba, just recently, and uh, they started at 6 o'clock, and uh, at 11 o'clock, I was thinking, well, they, they're not going to ask me tonight, <laughs> you know, everything else is going on. At 11.30, they said, so we have Pastor Lyle here to speak to us, 11.30, after they'd been there since 6. That, well, anyway, uh, I regress, sorry. Um, John the Baptist came to talk about the mystery of the light. In a little church in northern Alberta, I brought a shoebox. And I said to the people, I've got dark in here. This is full of dark. And they, I said, don't you believe me? Oh, yeah, we believe you. See, people respond in those churches. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. And I said, uh, what would happen if I opened this lid real fast and let out all the dark? Will it 
take away the light? Oh, no. And I was saying, well, how do you know for sure? Let's try it. Maybe this dark in here will take away the light. Oh, no, Pastor Law, that, don't, that can't happen. Well, well, are you sure? Because doesn't light take away dark? Yeah, that's true. So let's try it. And I was just about to open the lid when I saw a hand reach up to the light switch, and I said, don't you dare turn that light off. <laughs> so I opened the box, and what would you think happened? All the light poured into the box, and the darkness was dispelled. The darkness does not dispel the light. It's a mystery to me. It's a mystery to us. John came to proclaim the mystery of the light shining in the darkness. And to point to the light, no focus on himself. In verse 8, he says, he himself was not the light. He came only to witness about the light. He did not waver in his mission. He was about proclaiming the light of the world to the world and did what he could without microphones and videotapes and all the stuff that we have today. He was a voice crying in the wilderness, pointing the way to the light. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Also, in keeping with this little phrase, there was a man sent from God whose name was Jesus. Verse 9 to 12 says this. The true light that gives light to everyone who comes into the world, he was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which is own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Here is the true light. This is the man sent from God whose name was Jesus. Deity. Jesus, God the Son, came to earth, became man. The one and only God-man who came at just the right time, place, and purpose. God, the Son. Just continuing on in the book of Luke, and we heard the story of how John was sent from God. Listen to this. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at the words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Jesus. He will be great and be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. 
How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One will be born, will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no one from God, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. The angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her room, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears. The baby leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who has believed the Lord or fulfilled his promises in her. At just the right time and just the right place. Galatians talks about it. Verse 4 of chapter 4 says, But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So are you no longer slave, but God's child, since you are his child, God has made you also his heir. God became man. Not God living in a man, but total God and total man in one person, God the Son. Happened here in these stories that we've read. The written word of God. A man sent from God whose name was Jesus was on mission. He came for a mission. Verse 9 says this, The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Light giving light to everyone. Have you ever been uh, to a, a, a candlelight service where there's one candle? And then somebody has the opportunity of saying a little word for the Lord and they come and light their candle? And then another one lights their candle and it's interesting to see how that from one candle, many, many, many candles and much light in the building is achieved. Fire departments frown on that when we do that today. And we, but, but I just love to do it anyway and see if we can get away with it. There's an expression that's a terrible expression that says, forgiveness is easier to get than permission. But you know what? Uh, we don't do candlelight services anymore because... We feel like that even though it's such a nice thing, it, it, it feels so right. Yet to do it and break the law would not be the good thing, would it, at all? But, but my point is this, like from one light, many lights. And Jesus is the light of the world, declares himself to be the light of the world, the bread of life, the living water. Jesus, a man sent from God, whose name was Jesus. Verse 10 says he was in the world, and though the world was made through him, 
the world did not recognize him. He was here. It wasn't recognized as the Messiah that was promised so many years ago. Sad. I often wonder, what would it have been if I'd have been there? Would I have recognized that this is the Messiah? Would I have studied the scriptures enough to know this is him? This is the one who's predicted so often, so accurately through the written scriptures. This is Jesus, God the Son, who was on mission from God the Father. They didn't recognize him. Verse 11 says, he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. And, and, and the, the sense of the Greek writing here is, is as, as family, as, as a family, a member of the family came home after being gone some time and wasn't invited to come in and wasn't able to get in to the dwelling where his family was, even though they knew he was there. I know just a little bit about this feeling. Not my own family. Praise God. My mom and dad prayed for me and welcomed me anytime and all the time. But I remember one Christmas, one of the places we were, my wife is an artist, and so she paints and does painting things like we have a little two-bedroom apartment, and we, we really don't. In the one bedroom, we're able to sleep, but in the other room, that's just filled with art. You have to have your mind made up before you go in there because there's no room to change your mind. It, it's just, that's just filled with art. Well, she did this art painting on a it was an oil painting on a, a slab of a stump of a tree, right? You know, have you ever seen those, the bark all around? Yeah. And, and I thought, wow, you're giving that away? Oh, yeah. Now, I want you to take it to her house. Christmas Day. Okay. This was a lady from our church. Now, that'd be good. I went over to their house, knocked on the door. No one came. I knocked again, and no one came. You know, if, if you get to know me a little bit, you know that if I'm coming to visit you, I'm going to visit you, <laughs> especially if I know you're in there. So I beat on her door, and the door opened about this much, just, just this much, so I could see an eye looking out at me. It was her eye. And I said, good morning. My wife sent me with this as a gift for you. And she let out a torrent of words that said, I wouldn't accept anything from you or your wife if you were the last people in this world. And then she opened the door wide and whammed it right in my face. Like, that's not fun. I never forgot the experience. And she wasn't family. Well, in a way, she was. She's having a little difficulty in her life at the time. Can you get the feeling, can you get the feeling that Jesus came to his own? And they slammed the door in his face. We don't want you. As a matter of fact, we don't want you so much that we're going to put you on a cross 
we're going to kill you because you're causing too much trouble with our religion that we have established over the years, given to us by Moses on Mount Sinai. And here you come with your twist, claiming to be the light of the world. No, you're not welcome here. Jesus did not waver in his mission. <laughs> There's a verse in scripture that says when he was on his way to Jerusalem to the cross, he set his face toward Jerusalem, knowing what was there, why he had come. He was a man sent from God on mission. So, there's, a, there's another uh, verse here, but I want to couple it with the one just ahead. And so we're going to read, uh, uh, there was a man sent from God whose name is Christian. Uh, listen to uh, and read these words, verse 12 and 13. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human descent, or of a husband's will, but born of God. Children of God. People born again of God. Jesus said, you must be born again. To a man named Nicodemus who came calling at night. Many chosen vessels were just the right time, just the right place just the right purpose. We have the right to receive the light and become children of God. <laughs> Amazing. And he's given us a mission as children of God. We're not ordinary. You're not ordinary. You are very special. It talks about ordinary in verse 13, doesn't it? Listen to what it says there. Uh, verse 13 says, Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, nor of a husband's will, but born of God. That is not, nat that is not natural. It's natural to be born uh, the natural way by all the things that are listed here. But God's children are born in a special way, born again received into the kingdom of God by having their sins forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ who gave his life on Calvary's cross. We're not ordinary. We get to talk about the Father, and we get to talk to the Father. Amazing that we have an avenue to talk to the king of the universe, the maker and sustainer of all. We can go there at will talk to him. If I have a problem with driving, uh, I hope I don't. Mostly I, uh, mostly I well, matter of fact, yesterday somebody complimented me that I was a good driver. That's a good, I like to drive. But, 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 but the one thing would happen to me and has happened to me as I drive alone and my dear wife's not there, I get talking to God. <laughs> I've, learned, I've learned to pull over. 
Because if, if you know an Anderson at all, an Anderson can't see and cry at the same time, nor can he laugh and see at the same time. So any emotion that comes out of me, uh, I have to pull over. I, I just can't believe that we can have the joy of talking to our Father. And we can talk about our Father. That's what the Lord's Prayer is about. We, we get to talk to and about our Savior, the one who gave his life on Calvary's cross for me and for you, and for the whole world. The gift he gave on Calvary's cross is sufficient for the whole world, but it is only efficient for those who believe in his name. The doctrine of universality where people today believe that because Jesus died on Calvary's cross, I am therefore saved and I am, my sins are forgiven because of that, I'm on my way to heaven. The doctrine of universality is not valid. His death counts for everybody. But it's only efficient for those who believe in his name and have asked him for forgiveness of sin. They become the children of God. And, and, and we get to share about our relationship with God the Father and God the Son. We can talk about it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fabulous. I was in Denny's this morning. Because they, did you know that I shouldn't advertise for Denny's, but I want to tell you that they serve oatmeal in Denny's. And uh, I have uh, uh, turned over another um, leaf in my chapter. Uh, and it declares that I will eat oatmeal every morning and when my wife's not there, I go to Denny's. <laughs> so she's in um, Kamloops. Well, I took my Bible and my notes, and I went to Denny's. And uh, so they uh, found a place for me to sit and study uh, what I might say this morning. I've studied before this morning, too, just in case you didn't know. But, uh, but I just wanted to review and be sure I was right on track and, and I could get finished in the time that uh, Steph, Pastor Steph asked me to be finished in, although he didn't really tie my feet to anything specific. Um, we get to share about our Savior, about our Father, about His Word. <laughs> but what happened to me, I get to share because of who Jesus is We get to live as he would have us live. Huh. Do you know that as God's child, you don't have to sin anymore? <laughs> you can choose not to. And then the world has no choice. They just have to go right ahead on the sin. But you can choose not to because you're God's child and you get to live the way God would have you lived. Uh, having a new believers class in our church because we had some people who came forward in, in the Festival of Hope uh, that uh, they had down here recently, and uh, they're, they're getting it that this is the Word of God. And, and, and uh, uh, one, one lady has a, has a job, uh, that, that she, a cleaning job. Uh, she just got this clean job, and so I asked her, well, how does that work? And she's telling me how that all works, so that she goes to the office in the morning, she's given her an address to go, she goes to the address of the place, and then there's a, a, a note of things that they want done. And I said, don't you just clean the house? Oh, no, no, oh, no. Only what's on the note. Oh. 
So if they want the bathrooms clean, you do that? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Would you clean the kitchen if they didn't have it on? No. Oh, no, uh, we can only do what's on the note. Isn't that interesting? That's why we're here today, studying the Word of God. You know that the way God would have us live is here. All the instructions, all the things we need for life and godliness are here. Uh, but but how, would, how would you think uh, if we just said, oh, well, this might be okay, this might be all right, I should do this or I shouldn't do that, but how about if we knew what the note said? <laughs> we need to read the note and study the note, and we get to do and live the way God would have us live. A man sent from God, whose name was John. John the Baptist came to be a witness to the light that was to come. A man sent from God whose name was Jesus, the fulfillment of the light. He came not to destroy the law, but to fulfill the law. He was the one we needed for forgiveness of sin. All of the mankind before that cross of Christ needed forgiveness. They had understood and went to the offerings and received a covering for their sin. Atonement. Since the cross, all of us look back to that cross as they looked forward to that cross for forgiveness of sin. There was a man sent from God whose name was Jesus. He was God. He fulfilled the law. He gave us the right to become the children of God. In conclusion, when we receive Christ Jesus, the true light, you become a child of God and have the opportunity to be on mission with him as the right person, at just the right time, in just the right place, for just the right purpose. A man or a person sent from God whose name is me. I had the privilege of being in Kamloops the last few days. I was planning on coming home last night and bringing a passenger. But I was called early because family was losing their mother, dying in the hospital. Please, Pastor, could you come? Sometimes it's difficult to be the man or the person that God calls on mission. Mostly there's great joy, and there was even in a hospital room as I was with a family who lost their mother. Last night, she was ushered into God's glory at 5 o'clock. That wasn't easy. But the joy that I've had in meeting many people and leading them to the Lord. I, let me tell you a joyous time. <laughs> I was a speaker at a Bible camp in Alberta, and this little guy came along and he said, pa, 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 Pastor Lyle, a little trouble with his speaking. Can I help you? Yes, yes, I, 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 I want to be a, a, a Christian. Oh, so I talked to him. I asked him if he knew what that was. I asked him if he knew what it was, what sin was. He was a sinner. Yes, and he cried. And he asked God to forgive him. He 
to be a Christian. Just a little guy. Nine. I think he was nine. I don't think he was ten. Anyway, nine. He said, now what do I do? And I said, well, you learn how to be a Christian and you go tell somebody what you just did. An hour later, he comes with another little buddy and he said, Pastor Lyle, my friend wants to be a Christian. That's the kind of witnesses we get to be. Here was a little 10-year-old who got it. With one hour gone by, he had shared what he just did and brought another little guy to accept Christ as his Savior. I'd like to know the end of the story. I'd like to know what they're doing now 40 years later. I have an idea. They're both serving the Lord. A man sent from God whose name was John. A man sent from God whose name was Jesus. A person sent from God whose name is Christian. That could be you. On mission. He's given us a mission. Matthew chapter 28 verses 18 and 19 and 20 says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth is given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Surely I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. There's a man sent from God whose name is you. Bow with me, please. Father in heaven, we thank you for this morning and for this meditation in this fabulous book of John, in the first chapter, and these few verses that declare to us that <laughs> there is a true light, and it's Jesus who is in the world today. And we can trust him for salvation. Our Father, we thank you for John and for Jesus and for those faithful men or women who have brought the message to us and we were able to respond and now bring it to others. Help us to be faithful to the mission that you entrusted to us. In Jesus' name, amen.